Hey everyone and welcome to the Rosé Room. I'm Taylor. And I'm Cash. And today we're talking about women in the workplace and how it's hard to make up. What? What is it, Cashin? I don't know. Okay. I'm actually really excited for this because I never know what's going on and she just asks me questions. But what is today's episode and how are we talking about it? Okay, so I titled this episode Making Up is Hard to Do. However, this topic is so much more broad than that. So we really want to talk about women in the workplace um, and that's going to include a lot of things. So Taylor and I really want to talk about some of the discriminations that we faced in the workplace A, being women, being young women, and then uh, being ethnic women. And then uh, we do want to talk about how that structured our current company um, and how our industry, you know, the beauty industry in general has a very large stigma attached to it and how we'd really like to address some of those things. So without further ado, Taylor. Welcome to the Rosé Room. (laughs) Oh, wait, yeah. Welcome to the Rosé Room. Um, But... um, as you know, in our last episode when we introduced ourselves, Taylor and I discussed a lot of where we come from professionally. So Taylor entered the corporate world at a very young age. Um, once I was out of school, um, I didn't necessarily go straight into corporate. I definitely worked in hospitality, like I cocktailed for a little bit, and then I went into startups. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, you should know that unlike the majority of podcasters in the world, Cashin and I come from Las Vegas. Yeah. So (laughs) the interesting part for us is that we actually were born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I think that's like something to be considered as well, because I was born to somebody who was very old. My dad is extremely not like an acceptable age for my age and I was taught mafia value like unfortunately like the old school mafia values like how you have highlights in your hair how you wear your nails like the car you drive the efficacy of your fluency and speech and um, just everything in between was always very Las Vegas classic style I was born to um, a a, you know a a 47 49 year old Jewish man and he had been facilitating medical care for you know the class versions of Las Vegas ever. So that's where I was born. And then Cashin um, is also from Las Vegas. And I think that how how has this kind of shaped like your background? Because I think so many people are like interested about us. Oh, my God. Um, well, I was uh, primarily primarily raised by my grandparents and my sister and I are both ethnic and our grandparents are not. Okay. When you say ethnic, what does that mean? I am black and white. And, and me too. My mom is black and white yeah. and my dad's a Jew. <laughs> my dad's beautifully Jewish, but Cashin yeah. is, if you haven't seen Cashin before, like if you've never seen her, she is stunning, you guys. And she just so Tell glamorous, so gorgeous, <laughs> like long, dark hair, like always beautiful. And she's black and white. So um, Cashin, I think Honestly, my mom's always been black and white. Obviously, you can never change your race. (laughs) um, How has it been growing up as a millennial? Because I I really do understand the Gen X style, like, behavior. My mom was born in in, um, a time of segregation. So, like, how has it been for you in Las Vegas as, you know, a young, beautiful, biracial woman? Oh, my God. You can say beautiful a thousand more times. Like, I literally, flattery gets you everywhere with me. Um, No, to be honest, my sister and I are one of the very like we're the two ethnic people in our family who is primarily white i grew up in primarily white neighborhoods and went to primarily white schools um and my family has always done such a great job at making me feel included and i've never felt different until you know obviously you're in school and kids are mean and they 
there was no shortage of them pointing out that I was different and asking if I was adopted and, you know, just kind of making fun of me. And so I had always understood that I looked differently than other people. Um, Obviously, as I've gotten older, I've really embraced those differences and I don't really care. But, you know, my name is unique. I I don't actually look like people don't really understand what I am when they look at me. I'm kind of racially ambiguous. So um, that wasn't always something that was celebrated or accepted or necessarily liked. And, you know, in high school, that was no different. You know, yeah, I had boyfriends here and there, but, you know, I wasn't like the stereotypical blonde uh, blonde hair, blue eyed cheerleader. And, you know, those girls definitely got a lot more out of, uh, boys than maybe I did, but, um, you know, who cares? But, and I think that's so interesting too, because how you are ethnic or I am a person who passes as white. So my, even though my mom is black and white, I truly do think like most people believe that I am a white person. And if I'm not, I'm Hispanic, right? Like I have blonde hair, light eyes, semi like lighter skin and anything in between. And I never really struggled with the ethnicity part of living my life. I struggled with understanding that women that I loved really didn't have a fair advantage and were treated significantly different but it is such a different place also in Las Vegas because no matter what, my, my dad always said, it's so funny about Las Vegas. They don't see color. It doesn't matter. You could be purple. You could be yellow. You could be green as long as you have money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so interesting that now Cash and I are competing in the corporate world that we've really understood past 18 years old is what it really taught me to be ethnic, right? Like, or, and a woman. So today on this type of podcast topic, we want to talk about, you know, A, where we're from, which is Las Vegas, which is not the easiest environment to really make it. It's a lot of really rich white men, in my opinion. Um, That, but also this... Um Every city or every major city usually is indicative of um, an identifiable industry, right? Like New York is primarily finance or like, uh, like, you know, New York, New York is primarily finance. Like California is entertainment and movie and film. And so, you know, you come to Vegas and it's hospitality. So a lot of what people are competing for are making six figures working at nightclubs. Um, Oh, my God. And Cash and I have really made a living on that demographic. No offense, but like... Uh, in my makeup career, I really focused on the girls that were serving an industry at night. And, you know, you served an industry at night. That's how we met. Totally. Like, we mm-hmm. totally knew each other from, you know, the previous times of uh, us working outside of our collaborations and how that really impacted the way that we made income. And let me just tell you, for anybody that's confused about the way girls, specifically beautiful women, make money in Cal- in the state of Nevada, specifically Las Vegas, happens to be by cocktailing at these pools. These girls are making amazing money, amazing tips. And don't think it's for nothing because they are weighed when they go to work. Okay, I don't go oh, to yeah. work. I don't go to work until cash and she has to stand on the scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would not be getting work done. We wouldn't. And yeah, I and I'd be I feel, ineligible. I feel like you know, granted, it's a hard job. It's still a job that they're paid significantly well for, um, and you know, they're really giving it their all. So. Cash and I have been raised in an environment that the majority of the world doesn't see, that you can be undereducated, beautiful, and still a very um, you can affluent, make money. affluent yeah. lady. Like, it's not even make money. It's you can ha- be classy. Like, if you were born oh, to it's nothing. Hu- it's hilarious because in Vegas, I feel like it's the easiest place to fake it because you can literally split rent with your roommate for 600 bucks and be driving, like, a, a, a $70,000 <laughs> vehicle and then have, like, Chanel bags on Chanel bags. But, like... You know what I mean? And nobody cares. And nobody cares. And that's the thing. Like, this is not like Ivy League, like, city here. But, you know, a lot of that, to tie into what we're talking about today, 
you know, growing up around, like for me, I've always been like a very big girly girl. I like, I love makeup. I love hair. I love nails. Like I love high heels. Like, and not, I don't really, not that I don't tailor it for my audience, but like, I don't differentiate my day or night makeup. Like I'm going to wear what I want to wear. She's glam guys. Like she's just glamorous with the glitter nails, the perfect makeup, (laughs) the perfect curled hair. And she does it daily and cash in every day. Realistically, when you tell me the story of when you were in high school, like tell tell people the story of mm. high school Cashin, because I think it's really an identity that you identify with today. And even though we live in our dream jobs and there's nobody in the world that I'd rather be spending the day with on a day to day basis, like what was high school Cashin, and is that still you today? Like, do you still like resemble that person? So I would wake up at four thirty every morning. I had my two cups of coffee. I wore my high heels every day. I had my hair curled, makeup on. Um, and I didn't repeat an outfit for months. Uh, like once a month was like the rule generally. But um, I bought all my clothes. I bought all my makeup. I like bought everything myself. I worked. Um, and that's really who I am. I just I felt like it was one of the one things I could control. And I it makes you feel good when you look good. But that hasn't always worked in my favor in business. And, you know, we really do want to touch on that today and how. You know, I think women in the workplace already have to prove themselves so much more. But I feel like there is a stigma attached to when women have to when women enjoy to wear makeup or have glitter nails or they, you know, they wear high heels or whatever. They look a certain way that people automatically don't take them serious. And the industry that we've chosen to participate in as these types of girls um, also has a stigma where people don't really respect our industry, it doesn't really carry the same kind of clout or prestige the way that like banking does or the way that like a lawyer would. But if Taylor and I were to tell you, hey, we're part of like a multi-million dollar startup, people would be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, what do you guys do? And then the second that we say, oh, it's a med spa, they're like, oh, lip injections. You know, they get all like crappy about it because they think that it's there's a stigma there that, you know, maybe we're not as smart as other people who run other businesses. Like, are we lesser than like a florist? Like, I don't know. Like, does that make us not like smart as people or does that not validate what we do every day because it's not a traditional sense of of prestige? Well, it's interesting because Cashin and I were having this discussion last week and we were talking about how um, I personally don't gamble as a human being. I don't believe in gambling because we obviously live in California. And I'm like, I live in California. I know. I live in Nevada. (laughs) I live in Nevada. I was born and raised here. So I don't gamble. It's always been my principle in life. If you live here, you don't play here. Um, And I just don't believe in the concept of gambling. So my gambling is yuppie gambling, which is the stock market. And when I started participating in the stock market, I was buying very like onesie twosies on E-Trade, okay? Like I was paying the $10 commissions, buying one stock at a time. And I was like buying Apple, I was buying Facebook. And this was like 2014, 2015, when I was like 23, 24 years old. And I, I couldn't participate in the 401k or anything like that. And I was just buying stock. And to this day, Honestly, my stock in beauty, like Ulta Beauty and a couple of the other like little ones that I just participate in, make so much more money on the return on investment than even my Apple stocks that it was like shocking to me. And we'll really talk about that kind of stuff later. Like Cash and I have really grown financially over the last few years and building this business. We've taught ourselves how to be, you know, these entrepreneurs and these financiers and really understanding the concept of our business. But today I want to focus on... Um, Really, Cashin, I want to focus on our concept of prior employers. 
and what brought us here because we did ask about on Instagram. We said, what do you want to know from us? Mm -hmm. And I think at least three or four people said, how did you choose to do your job for a living? Yeah. And I want to talk about that because Cashin and I decided to do that together along with my mom and a couple other very key staff members that we still have today at DuRose Beauty Refinery. Um, And I really want to focus on that. So Cashin, I want to talk about your prior work experience because I come from the corporate world. I could talk all about my boring nonsense about that. But like, what is it from, you know, the corporate world or the actual working world besides what we've done together that has shaped you and molded you into the person that you are right now? Okay. So I'll start by saying that my parents were not spoon feeding me anything. So I was required to get a job at the age of 16. I've always worked since then. I've always paid for my own things. Um, And in college, um, I went to school for journalism and I minored in marketing. So I had always wanted to be working in fashion for a publication. And um, I did a lot of internships. I did a PR internship. Um, I had worked for a couple of fashion stylists as well. Um, I did a brief uh, internship with a local magazine publication here. And I kind of fell out of love with it because I felt like while I identified with the beauty space a lot, I didn't necessarily identify with the people that I was working with. So um, on top of that, I did always love education. Definitely didn't love education. Hate school. Yeah. Like school's cool, but like I'm not trying to teach anything like at all. But um, I loved um, entertainment. So I wanted to work with you know, doing events and stuff like that, um, doing like live shows. Like I did work for a company that produced that as well as like a 501c3, which is a nonprofit. So, um, I got a really good experience with that company. However, I felt like I wasn't getting, I wasn't, I wasn't working in my passion. And And I knew that. What about that? Like, wasn't your passion? Cause I think it's interesting that millennials can work towards anything, but it's if it's not a passion, like what about that wasn't a passion, like working for a nonprofit, having all these things, like why were you not passionate? Um, because it wasn't my dream. Like it wasn't something like I was really efficient at doing my job at the betterment of somebody else. So I would go to work. I didn't have any time for myself. Um, I wasn't making any money and a lot was expected of me. And I just felt like what am I doing? Like, I don't even love this, you know? And then I decided to go to a different entertainment company and the owner was a complete psychopath, like totally verbally abusive to the staff. And it's actually shocking. Like I, I actually can't believe he wasn't met the lawsuit sooner. Um, and I just realized that that just, you know, I kept coming across these types of personalities and I'm like, wow, like this is, (laughs) this like can't be the workforce. And if this is entertainment, um, I don't want any part of it. And uh, I took a two-month hiatus off work, went to New York, had a good time, came back. And then Taylor was like, hi, like I need marketing help and branding help with a med spa. Do you want to come? I'm like, yes, please. So it, it was the best decision, I think, honestly, because um, I had previously come from the corporation world. My mom and I had had a company job together. She was a nurse. I was um, a marketer and I marketed the services that they had in a private company for nursing. We did very well. I think when we started the business, we were doing like under a million a year. And by the time I was done, we were doing well over four. And 
to see that level of growth and dedication out of my mother, I just knew that my corporate career and my skills as a marketer were so much better than I was given. And I had been meeting people along the way with my side gig because I had gotten married to 90 Day Fiance style, <laughs> which I love and adore so. Um, but I had to make a hun- an extra thousand bucks a month on top of my corporate job just to pay the mortgage and make sure that we could get through and being from a new country and being newly married. And we started to do Rosé Beauty Refinery together and I I needed Cashin and that's kind of how we came together you know Cashin had a lot of tumultuous types of jobs mainly with male over the age of 50 over the age of 40 even um 40 over the age of 40 um you know just types of people men mainly that were entitled and really were running their businesses in the standard traditional 1980s way well I also want to touch very briefly on the me too thing because up until that point where that became a a movement in itself, like sexual harassment in the workplace had been something that I became accustomed to. Like, especially in um, Las Vegas hospitality, that is almost a given. It's synonymous with Vegas. It is synonymous with Vegas. And, And honestly, it's something that I had experienced a lot of. And a lot of our workplace is very horizontal. You know, we do, we also work with a lot of women, so there's not like opportunity we're not hitting on each other all day long but um but our owner one of our owners is my dad um you know I think that Dr. Gresson being a 77 year old man has definitely lent to the ideal that it's um I think it's fantastic that he is so um gender binary like he doesn't care about gender race anything in between and I think that's so rare no, for his he age just, the only thing he wants to know when he comes into clinic is when he can leave if there's When's coffee lunch? made, when's when lunch? is lunch? And then if we made any money, and then he wants to go home, like he cannot care less. Oh, and then don't forget, when's payday? When do I get my check? Yeah, yeah, he can be what bogged you, down with say? like the day to day drabs. Like he doesn't care. The child mentioned a chick. Yeah, <laughs> the child mentioned a chick. <laughs> like he's just like not really having it with anything else. And so you know, I think that as young women who came into a, a vision together. We just wanted to work in a place that we were passionate about. And I think that our brand is indicative of that. Um, And not everybody understands what we do for a living. And I think that's also been a a bone to pick, at least for me, because the beauty industry does have a stigma attached to it. And, you know, they think of Elle Woods. Well, you know what's so crazy about that concept is even um, the people we participate in business today with honestly thought that. Like when I told my dad I wasn't going to be going to law school, I wasn't going to be a mechanical engineer, even though even though that was what my undergraduate degree was, um, I was going to be doing makeup and I was going to be starting a med spa and he was going to be doing ma- medical marijuana prescriptions as a 70-year-old heart surgeon. Um, and I think that the concept is a lot of our society today struggles specifically above us. So Gen X and Baby Boomer really struggle with the concept of moving towards the future. And I can tell you that my dad, when I told him I was doing makeup for a living and we were going to start a med spa, was not thrilled with me. When I told him, you know, you're going to be doing medical marijuana prescriptions for the state of California, he was like, I don't believe in weed. I've never even like tried marijuana nonetheless like be recommending it to a patient. So what's interesting to me, Cashin, is this generation is so interested on going in the journey because it's actually for the self-betterment. And I think before this generation, there was never a concept of like me too. There was never a concept of self-care. There was never a concept of am I doing what I love? And that's the pendulum change that we saw with the internet. And I think for me as 
a thankful millennial, I really do appreciate that they're so down to ride. My parents are so down, you guys. Like Nurse D is the most dedicated, most psycho clinician I've ever (laughs) met. Like every needle, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be wonderful. She has to know all about you. Like they are sincerely interested and they are sincerely proud of their businesses just like we are. So I think that there's a dividend or or a divide, should I say, um, there because we have the older generation who is so happy to learn about us. Like they want to learn. And then there's this middle that's just so resistant because they don't understand change. Well, I mean, I think to be more specific too, like Taylor and I were talking earlier about, you know, again, to circle back, like if we were to tell people we are in a startup, that's interesting. But the second we go a little bit further into that and say that we're a mid spot, that's where people become a little bit divided on their response. They're like, okay, so you guys do facials and like Botox and they get all crappy about it. And it's just like, well, yeah, we do. But also we have to do budget sheets and P&Ls and we have weekly meetings with our accountant and we have to have daily marketing meetings and cash flow issues, cash flow, payroll. Yeah. Um, Mind you, I want to also highlight that in the first year of business, cash and and I, for easy math, made roughly $200,000. Like, we started with nothing. We didn't have investment. We've never taken a loan. Like, the most we have is a working capital line of credit. And we've had to sacrifice and work our tails off to get to this point. And everybody in our clinic has had to do that, just so you know. Like, it's not just synonymous to cash in and I. And I think that the message with that is saying that when you do a startup, the level of sacrifice included within that is so extreme. Most people don't even realize like mm-hmm. that the startup is that difficult. And even in a beauty business, it doesn't mean that we're not business savvy. We like glitter nails. We like eyeshadow. We like injectables. I love my lip filler more than anything on the planet. But it doesn't mean that I could kill you at a, de- you know, at a, at a debate. Like, don't yeah. think that I was captain or excuse me if people listen and say I was ca- I was co-captain of the debate team. <laughs> Nicholas, I know you're listening to this um, forever. And I just know that that is the dynamic. Like, yeah. that's where we are with this. Well, also, like, discuss CES, like when you last went. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm a nerd. I'm married to a nerd. I am a nerd. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. So when I went to school, I was like, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. My parents have turbines in Coachella Valley, so I wanted to learn all about turbines. But recently, I went to CES, not this year, but the last year, um, and they were doing a demonstration of 3D printers. You guys? Of? Of 3D printers. No, no, no. What were they printing? Okay, but listen. So the most sold 3D printer... And the most coveted, like groups, thousands of people watching this, was printing eyeshadow, you guys. Eyeshadow. Girl, don't think, don't think that I wouldn't have tried to like make off with one of those printers. Kodak would be broken into daily if it was up to me. Like I had to have one of these. I wanted to see it. I thought it was so interesting that the pendulum of technology was riding on the concept of beauty. And I think even when you think about concepts behind the, the face makeup we wear, like foundation, eyeshadow, mascara, do you, we don't even fathom how much technology is going into these types of products and how much money is being invested. And yet I'm walking down the street telling people I am a med spa and they look at me insane because they're like, like you're dumb. Could met could Botox possibly make that amount of money? And I'm like, do you even own a Botox stock? Because you don't even know Allergan stocks are another one that's doing <laughs> real fantastic for me because millennials believe in anti-aging. So Gen X 
has just killed it for them. And past it, I'm going to buy all the allergen I can because I believe in that product. Well, and that's something that I, you know, this podcast is about beauty and business. And, like, just because we do participate in this space and just because we present ourselves a certain way, and that way hasn't always worked in our favor. You know, I can't even count how many times people have judged me or thought that I wasn't educated because I wear full face of makeup. Um you know, and we want to touch on that you can have both and you can be both. And not only were we intellectually challenged by this business, but also emotionally charged by it. Like this is something that we're passionate about, but it you not everybody can just be in this industry. Like it's hard. Like well, it's hard. <laughs> and I think it's so interesting too, Cashin, because with that statement and with what you said, like how? Like, mm-hmm. my thing is, how have we been charged by this? How have we been motivated by this? Because I think the how has been, you know, when someone says something mean to you, like you asked me today, what's the meanest thing anyone ever said to you in high school? <laughs> and I said, I'm fat and weird. Like, that was the weirdest. <laughs> I was fat and I was weird. And it wasn't a lie. It wasn't even mean. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, how did you take that type of criticism, that type of even de- like discrimination, and really transfer it into something that... That was revenue generating. Constructive. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I was always a little bit different. Like I went to predominantly white high school. So all my friends were not very ethnic. Um, Sorry, I have to put my drink down. Um, (laughs) But as a result, um, you know, I wasn't always regarded as like a beauty in any way. And like people had always like I went to school with a bunch of bullies anyway, like big a-holes and like, you know who you are. Um, and you've been doing your apology tour since we've been successful. Yeah, and, and literally, I've had quite the apology tour um, from the offenders. But, you know, you're not forgiven, so get out. But um, being always told that I was different made it forced me to want to seek elsewhere for some kind of resolution for that. So fashion was a huge escape for me, um, finding myself in glam. Um, finding myself in fashion or anything like that was something that was really important. Putting myself together made me feel like I could control that. And you don't have to be the prettiest person in the room, but you can be the most put together. And that says something too. And that to me is why it really shaped who I was. Um, and then being efficient, being on time, being smart, having good grades, um, having really good relationships with employers, having good relationships with your teachers, like just stuff like that really shaped me to say, you know what, I don't have to own anything that anyone's telling me. Um, and people who do look at me and think that, oh, you only care about materialistic things is hilarious. Um, I'm literally recording a podcast in my triangle shaped closet with my friend. Um, (laughs) but you know, but to say that, um, just because I may look a certain way doesn't mean that that's what's on the inside and what's on the inside is very tenacious. Um, I watched The Devil Wears Prada every single day in eighth grade when it came out, and I was obsessed. I was like, oh, my God, I am Miranda Priestly through and through. That is who I am. And that's the lifestyle I wanted. I wanted to be accomplished and ambitious. Um, I wanted to work in an industry where you could be glamorous and equally as a boss woman, and those things weren't uh, interdependent on one or the other. Like, you can be both. And I thought that was great. Oh, my gosh. And I think that's such a good segue because there's so much that I've learned as a – you know, beautiful person. I honestly think that we are fantastic looking people. Uh, oh, wait, thank, Taylor's had a few. Thank That's you, when you know. Dorinda. <laughs> thank you, mom. Uh, well, I will say that honestly, like we look great because Dorinda, like I have filler. I've got Botox. Like I, I, I'm getting microblading soon. Yeah. I got my teeth bonded. Like there's so many good things happening. It's like 2020 can't come soon enough because like, you know what? For the first time I'm ready. And 
it's even I'm getting my eyebrows microbladed in, uh, microbladed in February like I'm really coming hard in 2020 it's like but you know what's so weird is before this experience with Rose, Cash and I were always pretty or you know smart or you know depending upon who I think the best thing about DR is when one of our followers on Instagram asked us, like, what age did you start this? And what about your job is so great? Like, how do you find the dedication daily to keep on going even when it's not going your way? And I think the lessons I've learned in business are so important. I think that being beautiful doesn't take a lot of education. You know, we can learn how to put on makeup. We can get filler. Or we can do all these things. Who we are is Literally human. anybody can be pretty with, like, the right makeup palette. Yes, and the right people making them beautiful, i.e. all of Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting because the lessons, the growth Cashin and I have had to do, ironically, has been beauty and about being pretty as people, but the lessons we've learned have definitely been about business and have in- incredibly been about how to sustain an economy and a sta- sustain a like a habitation or like the the environment in our business to encourage people to find careers. And when we started this, I was so worried about filler and my cost of goods that I forgot the structure of my business mattered so much. And over the last two years, we have generated a type of business that not only is profitable and extremely fun for us to do, but gives people that are not the owners, that are not leadership, the opportunity to have a career that makes them feel self-fulfilled. And if that can be in somewhere beautiful with a cute pink sign and getting a facial as a job in a day, I think that's millennialism. Like, yeah. I think that is what completely changes us from the generations before us. And it really does promote the concept of information access, the Internet in general. Agreed. Um, I'm so sorry, you guys. Like, you know, on Wednesdays we drink pink, but to, we ran out of champagne. We Today actually, we're drinking Fry vodka. I had no Frey, <laughs> Frey Ranch vodka. Frey Ranch vodka. And I did, it, I did the disservice of Frey Ranch vodka um, by adding it with like Arizona iced tea and so strong. I made it so strong. It's nail polish remover cocktails and I've just had like a sip too many. So like I just feel like, I'm you know, okay with it. what's I'm, going I'm on? I'm actually not a sip too many. Mine's fuller than yours right now. Because but it's so bad. Because I made the drink so it's bad. It's not bad. It's just that the... Con- I don't drink vodka like this on a. Oh, also, I, my ice maker. I didn't turn it on, so there's zero ice, and it's so strong. Like I just, I'm such a poor house guest. Or, I mean, house host, house host, guest, anything in yeah, between. It's and, just so but bad. At least you did arrange your shoes for us today. Like I'm looking oh. at the prettiest. Like I see the leopard ones. I see the glitter heels. The snake skin. Everything's so I have, fantastic. There's a lot of animal print in my um, midst. You know. But you're you're feisty. But I wear the same crap. Yeah, but I like wear black scrubs to work. Like you know who would even know? Like I buy clothes okay. that I haven't even been able to wear. Okay, it's okay because yeah. you know what? When people see you on the weekends, when you they're like, who imaginarily is that? have that a day off? Yeah. Um, you can you know, and you're going to New York. Okay, so uh, Cashin is going to New York. She's gonna be uh, Cashin and Jenna take over New York like Kim and and Courtney. It was Kim. No, it was Chloe and Courtney, right? Oh, Chloe and. We can't uh, talk to be about honest, the Kardashians I don't even know. on every single one of these. I feel like a bad human. Like, well, do my we favorite, know nothing though. else? Ugh. All right. But they're so relevant to pop culture that it's like to not reference them is like what time, like, or what are we, the 80s? Like, no, we got to talk about Okay, the who are other people that, in business, who else is glamorous? Jeffree Star. No, 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 no. A woman. Who to beauty. A, and I, I appreciate the transgender, non-binary, non-thing, but like not a Jeffree YouTuber. Like, what women in business 
has inspired you past this? Like past mm. like our business. Like who has inspired you business wise? In beauty. And don't say Kylie Jenner, because we're not talking about the Kardashians. Yeah, right. No. Um, I will say it's not necessarily beauty, but Bethany Frankel. And I'll tell you housewife why. Bethany. Housewife. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm a big Housewife fan, but apart from that, because she can honestly say that she started from nothing. And I really appreciate that. And to be able to do that on your own without the help of a significant other or family money or, like, an investor, to be able to do that on a platform because you just happen to have a great personality – because she wasn't a housewife, she was single, uh, wasn't wealthy, and then she was able to build a very successful career, and she's just a boss because of it. Now she's one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Like it's just, I love, I love her story because it's so relatable in a lot of ways. I mean, it's aspirational. I wouldn't say it's relatable, but I would say that she's an everyday woman who really embodies like, hey, if I did it, you can make it work, and she worked her ass off. I agree. Um, and I think it's super interesting, too, that who we look towards as these icons of business isn't Warren Buffett. Like, I totally have read every book of his. I've read every book of Bill Gates. I've done all of the, you know, trendy things for business. I mean, hell, I went to business school halfway and I was just not interested. I couldn't even pass accounting because I was so bad. Um, <laughs> so, you guys, I don't know how we've kept afloat. Thank you, Melinda. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Melinda is a whole nother person we'll bring on this podcast, but oh. she has the most interesting life of anyone I've ever met in my life. Like, literally, I think next to Dorinda, she's definitely, like, the most interesting person in the world. But but honestly, like, it's me first. Sorry. I just, like, I really can't share this spotlight. Like, how dare you? I know. It's, it's it says the glitter nails. The glittery nails. Well, on this episode of The Rosé Room, we really did recap all of our experiences in working in the workforce. We recapped our personal experiences with who we find inspirational and everything kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. This is a little bit newer for Kasha and I. So developing ourselves and developing just a casual conversation about a certain topic is something that we're working on. And we really hope that you enjoy this. Uh, If you did enjoy this, don't forget to um, write into us on what you want to hear. Subscribe to our podcast. Like, review, anything. I don't know. Am oh, I missing? Oh, and follow the Durose Instagram. So oh, it's D- yes, it's at D E U X R O S E Beauty Refinery. And for those of you who can't spell refinery, R E F I N E R Y. And you know like have the best time like we post a lot of educational content uh you'll get to see what we do on a day-to-day basis we have daily stories we post twice a day um we're very active on our account we respond to everybody and you get a glimpse into our staff life and they will be on our podcast soon i promise we will have really funny interviews lined up um i'm very excited and then we'll have some special interviews as well with special guests um so please keep I'm sorry. I'm staring at her terribly. And then don't forget, in January 2020, Cash and Cypher, if you don't say that you need to tune into our IGTV series. Oh. (laughs) She is berating me to be doing these podcasts. I got to do all these IGTVs. You guys, keeping up with you guys, I just want you to know, the fact we have to sit in a closet, I have to record daily, and I have no social life because I have to show you that I'm cool is hard. Yeah, it's like we're cool because you're not cool. So it's like you can't be be successful and cool. It's like like one or the other. Hashtag Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but like Kardashians are cool. 
Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> okay. I feel more like a Mark than I do a Kim. <laughs> oh, my God. Such an opposite for me. I just want to be a Chris. You're Kim and Chris. Yeah, just call me Cash I'm Mark Kardash. and Bill. Yeah. I'm Mark and Bill. Like, if I, I'm in, I'm in, what am I in right You're now? You're just I'm Taylor in like a Nike onesie. <gasps> I'm Shoe Dog. If he was Jewish. Who the hell is that? Oh, I know. The I know. I saw, I saw Nike. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a uh, cash Kardash. Actually, quite frankly, I am like, uh, sign her I, up now. Eve. Say, Do you hear this? Ryan the, what, did, what did I say the other day? I, I, so our signature looks are hilarious because like, I love a good, like black turtleneck, a turtleneck crop top. Like I'm a psycho about it. I wear it all the time. I'm cash jobs. That's, That's what it is. Yeah, it's cash it, jobs. It's cash with a K jobs for the Kardashian <laughs> glamour. And it's cash just jobs, jobs. <laughs> for your very tight turtleneck every day. That's barely keeping your boobies inside. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Well, like, they're just here. And they're just trying to say hi and, like, let them live. It's, it's good. They're still lining up to get married to her in a line. <laughs> Bubby better get on it. Uh, it's okay, though, Bubby. We love you. Bubby is Cashin's wonderful boyfriend. We do adore him. We do. Um, you will hear all about him. He owns, well, his family and their amazing partners own the coolest vodka place. And next oh my episode, God. <laughs> next episode, Cashin and I will be talking about our partners. Um, we're going to be talking about, like, I got married at 23. Cashin's currently dating. Um, Raquel is over here single AF. Oh, we're going to talk about our significant others. others. I was like, our partner is like no, no, sponsors? No, no, our partners. No, no, yeah. Not our partners for money. Our partners yeah, we don't for have, life. No, there are no partners. For, like, we're in the closet with them. But yeah, know, um, exactly. it's with just our significant others. Maybe maybe um, Bubby's little vodka company. Okay, Taylor, the thing is, is that they're segueing out of vodka and they're distilling bourbon. Okay, well, I could drink bourbon. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's a fun time. We'll talk we'll talk about that later. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope we didn't bore you to death. And uh, tune in next week, every Wednesday. Um, and on Wednesdays, we, we drink, drink pink. pink. Or we drink very strong vodka with no ice. One I'm so sorry. Other. Don't come over. And, I'm not in Arizona too. I have no accoutrements. All right, goodbye.